5: What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. What a day we have in store for you. After one of the most unwatchable basketball games in Western Conference Finals history, it's still a good day for National Sports Talk Radio. Welcome in. Uh, The phone number, as always, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Mark Cuban's telling people something he told me a month and a half ago, and only now, because it was on Dan Patrick earlier on, on Fox Sports Radio, people are actually paying attention. Uh, I'm told the hockey playoffs continue on, yet I'm also told that nobody outside of hockey fan actually cares. We might get to that. Um, add uh, Giselle Bunched into uh, Donald, the Donald Trump category of sharing state secrets, as the wife of Tom Brady is sharing secrets about Tom Brady's cabeza, his head, And apparently, letting us in that he was concussed last time has been concussed several times and nobody knew. Wait, wait, football's bad for you? Get out of here. We'll get to that during the show. But to me, the big story of the day is the big winner of last night. And the big winner of last night is probably not going to win tonight. The big winner is not just the Boston Celtics, but their likely number one overall pick, Markel Fultz. Think about this. Here's how good a night it was for the Celtics who didn't play a game they're going to play in the Eastern Conference Finals. Last night, as most of you know, they secured the number one pick in this year's NBA draft. And this is a really good NBA draft. Not the greatest NBA draft ever. It's not like the 3 NBA draft where you had LeBron and Darko, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony. Not, Not that level of good, but still a very good NBA draft. That said, they secured the number one overall pick, and this wasn't even... A draft pick trade like all this year was was the right to swap with the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets are going to be crummy next year and they get the Brooklyn Nets first round pick next year. Life is very, very good in Boston, but even better for Markel Fultz. And I'll tell you why, because the Lakers got the number two pick. Because LeVar Ball was on with Colin Cowher earlier today and made a complete ass of himself and exposed himself to be everything you thought he would be. He's not ready for the big time. That's it. He's not ready for the big time. Uh, let's start with last night. So the Lakers breathe uh, breathe a huge sigh of relief and get the number two pick, which does leave them with the decision. I mean, there are other options out there. There's De'Aaron Fox who frankly destroyed Lonzo Ball in the Sweet 16, the NCAA tournament. De'Aaron Fox is a better defender. Uh, he's a great kid. He's not as good a shooter, but his jump shot's not as broken as Lonzo Ball's shot can look at times. Um, he's a very adept playmaker. He's a freak, freak athlete. He's kind of Rondo with a with a better a chance of being a much better shooter than Rondo has ever been and yet Rondo without the Rondo persona. That's a viable option for the Lakers. So too is Josh Jackson, kid from Kansas, who also kind of has a funky shot. You never want him to be your best player, maybe your second best player, but a guy that can bring the culture that you need to the Lakers – who care more about Snapchats and scoring points late in the season than they do about winning games. Like, Josh Jackson is going to help you win games immediately and help you win games for the next decade. He plays multiple multiple positions. He can shoot. He's just not a great go-to score. Like, he's going to be a really, really good borderline all-star player for the next decade. Like, that's a viable option. There's Jonathan Isaac, who's a multi-dimensional guard, forward wing, super long, athletic, can play any position. Like, he's a maybe... There's some. There's a Jason Tatum who can play the three, could play the four, could play with Brandon Ingram. Like he's a maybe, but the likelihood is at number two, Lonzo Ball is the pick. He's from L.A. He's a very good passer. He's a tremendous point guard. He's the closest thing we've seen to Jason Kidd since there Jason there Jason Kidd. There's a certain panache to him since high school into college. He does make his teams better. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he has a helicopter parent to end all helicopter parents. But all of this helps Mark Fultz. All of it. All right, first, let me play you some of the sound from earlier on Fox Sports Radio, on iHeart Radio. Colin Cowherd sitting down with LeVar Ball yet again. This after the NBA draft lottery where LeVar Ball, who he, he believes he can will the Lakers to pick his son and that it's his mind. His mental game is so tough. That's why the ping pong balls came up as they, as they did. And you also hear Christine Leahy. Take a listen.
1: Like I said, there's different amounts. How many? Stay in your lane.
2: Anyways, I'm just curious. I don't
1: even worry about her over there. It, Every why time not? she scares I think me that's to kind death. Of disrespectful. She says she scares Lonzo. Lonzo scared of me. She scares me. That's I'm why I don't look Lonzo? that way.
2: I said that I wouldn't wear something. That, it like says a woman. big baller.
1: It's the same thing. Yeah. With all I, due respect, I, you're a great reporter. Just not reporting on me.
2: Uh, well, I think in order to have a successful company, you're going to have to have women. Who like your brand? Uh,
1: Yeah, if you have a women's company. But anyways. Oh, so you're not marketing We're talking about Big Baller brand.
5: All right, so he's talking about Big Baller brand. Uh, The stay in your lane can only be seen as disrespectful. Not because Christine Leahy is a woman. It's disrespectful to anybody when they ask you a pointed question as to exactly how many shoes have you sold. Right? Like, this is like Shark Tank. You know, and like how many times you get to come on Shark Tank and tell me exactly how many you have sold so we can assess the value, the true evaluation, the valuation of your brand. But LeVar Ball kind of you're a you're a hater is the classic comeback to anybody who has no substance. And to any of you who say, like, this is the last we'll see of LeVar Ball on national TV, like people said the exact same thing about Donald Trump. Dude, he talked about his junk during his during a presidential debate. And he won, right? Like, he literally talked about the size of his hand in relation to this, to yes, to that. And it wasn't a disqualifier. So with that, to LeVar Ball, and and look, I do agree with him if he was more eloquent, more articulate with his marketing, like, look, we're not marketing to women. Now, I don't know if he knows exactly who he's marketing to. I don't know if he's done any research. I just think he just says stuff. And it creates a Twitter firestorm. He's like, hey, any publicity is good publicity. And it is for Markel Fultz. Because the draft and the first year is only about one dude. It's about Lonzo. Meanwhile, Markel Fultz is a better player. He's a better basketball player. Like, is he as good a passer? Probably not. But he's equally putrid at times defensively, but not for lack of skill. He's a better shooter. He's better on ball screens. He's an equally good ball handler, maybe even better going to the basket. Like, Markel Fultz is better. No one on their board has Markel Fultz below Lonzo Ball. Nobody. And he's going to go to a playoff team that frankly doesn't need another guard. So it may hurt his production, or it may upset the apple cart, or it may cause them to package some guys and trade for some other pieces. Like, all of that stuff could cause strife, but it won't. You know why? Because nobody's going to pay attention to it. Everybody's paying attention to the train wreck. That is LeVar ball and how it affects, or if it affects Lonzo ball with the LA Lakers. If you, if you think this guy is really refined and ready for the big time, take a listen to what he said. Remember he met with Nike, met with Adidas, met with under armor and whether it was the fact they didn't want to do business with him. They didn't think the big baller brand had value, whatever it was, uh, he supposedly wanted a billion dollars, with a B. Today, he actually uh, refined that statement. Now listen.
1: Now that Alonzo's headed to Los Angeles, what they should have did is gave me a billion dollars and let me be on my way. That, that's unrealistic. They're not yeah, unrealistic to you. No, it's now the... you know what. If they want to come talk to me now, it just went up to three billion. Triple Bs.
2: They wouldn't want to work with you
1: anyway because you don't respect women. So I never disrespect women. But I tell you what you if, you act, if you act like that, guess what? Something's coming to you. oh, and it's okay. do you do you think are you wait are you threatening me? Oh see I you try to turn the words. I would never threaten you You said something's coming to me. I don't know what it is. I'm not a psychic.
5: I, I don't even I like I, it was just such an incredible it was like one of those it's it honestly reminds me of my college days when when I was at Oklahoma State and we used to gather around and we sit there and we had a little dining hall in the bottom of Bennett Hall and Springer would be on, right? And and you, like, you couldn't take your eyes off it. Like, why is that on TV? I don't know, but I can't get myself to change the channel. We should be talking about the Warriors' dominance over the depleted Spurs. We should be talking about tonight's game between the Cavs and the Celtics and the fact that the Celtics, who have held on to these picks and have next year's Nets pick and this year's number one overall pick are sitting pretty, not just now, but all off into the future. We should be talking about the fact that this this is a seminal moment, a turnaround moment, possibly for the L.A. Lakers, a lucky moment for Magic Johnson and the new-look front office of the Lakers, led by Rob Palinka and their young coach, Luke Walton. But instead, we're talking about this train wreck, which to me... Helps Markel Fultz. There's already enough pressure to be a number one overall pick and going to a pressure-filled city like Boston and going to an NBA playoff team that already has a gluttony of guards. But instead, the draft and the first year is going to be about Lonzo, and that helps Markel. Saying $3 billion, that just reminds me of, um, well, reminds me of this.
3: $100
5: billion. Is it possible that LeVar Ball was simply capturing his own Dr. Evil? Hmm? 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 (laughs) I I don't, and maybe, I'm just trying to think, maybe uh, Jell-O or Mello is his mini-me. He's he's mini-me, but he's not one-fifth his size. I don't know if he has, next time he should come in with a pet cat with a Mr. Bigglesworth, you know? Mini Mr. Bigglesworth was was, uh, just simply adorable. So ugly, it was cute. Or maybe just hold the shoe in his hand. Did he have the shoe on set at least this time? This time he took Gottlieb Marketing 101. I believe they had the shoe in like a glass case or something like that. Like, oh, oh, we should actually promote the shoe that we're trying to promote instead of just making a figment of your imagination.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's uh, check in with Chris Broussard. Longtime NBA reporter and analyst with us now at Fox Sports and um, CB. My, my takeaway from the draft lottery was normally there's an exorbitant amount of pressure on number one overall pick. Uh, you you multiply that when you go to a historic franchise like the Boston Celtics, and maybe even more so the idea of upsetting the apple cart when uh, you have you, uh, likely they're going to pick a guard. You know, like a Markel Fultz in a guard yeah. in a guard heavy team. But I think the Lonzo to L.A. and the LeVar ball thing, I think that helps Markel. Like, he can just go play and do his thing because all anybody's going to be paying attention to is Le- Lonzo, LeVar, and the circus.
6: Yeah, I think it certainly takes a lot of pressure off of Markel. We, we assume he'll be the top pick. And all the pressure is going to be on Lonzo, right? I mean, usually it's on the number one pick, and that won't be the case this time. But you know what's interesting? I was talking to someone, you know, who covers the league or not a a reporter, but somebody affiliated with the league um, earlier today. And they were saying that, you know, a lot of guys don't really want to go to Boston. Guys in this draft. And here's why. Obviously, Boston is a great team, a very good team. And they're in a great situation presently and in the future. Great coach. Uh, Everything is positive there. But if you're a young player, like Markel Fultz, what's his role in Boston? He doesn't even definitely start, right? I mean, obviously you're not taking Isaiah Thomas' job. And Avery Bradley is a tenacious, one of the most tenacious defenders in the league who's learned how to hit three-pointers and, you know, average what, 18 points a game this year. Like, if you're a top pick, you want to go somewhere and play and be able to show off your game. Look at Jalen Brown, who was a lottery pick. He really, you know, is a bit player there. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen to folks, but that's an interesting scenario that a lot of people really haven't thought about. If Lonzo Ball goes to the Lakers, they're giving him the basketball on day one and saying it's your team. Um, Philadelphia, I mean, obviously you've got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid who are going to be the man. But whoever's drafted there has a chance to go in and play and start right away. Not so much the case with Boston and that I got to admit if I was in that position as a as a lottery pick number 1 pick I kind of wouldn't want to go somewhere where I'm going to play right away.
5: Yeah, I I do think that he would ultimately uh you know they, they they'll move off some of those guards, right? It's pretty obvious that they're going to try and trade uh some other pieces and keeping an avery bradley and bring him eventually off the bench even if he starts right away but you know the other thing guys want to do is they want to play but they want to win and uh though it looks like we think philadelphia will ultimately start to win it hasn't happened yet we assume that the lakers will ultimately figure it out it hasn't happened yet and all those other teams have been kind of mired in the basement Um, so it's, yes, everybody wants to go somewhere where they get an opportunity to put up numbers and make a name for themselves, but at the end of the day, they also want to be playing right now and going to Boston and, and the fact that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be pliable and able to make some other moves to continue to improve their roster. And they have the Nets first round pick next year unprotected. I mean, it's unbelievable. The future, the the future is so bright. It's ridiculous,
6: but Here's the thing, and, and I think did Michael Jordan say this or was this just said about Michael Jordan? That he wants to win, or I wanna win, but I wanna be the reason we win. Yep. You know, and and you know that as a player, Doug, you know, as well. And I also think for young players, when they get in the league, their first priority is to establish themselves as a great player. Because that's how you get your max deal. If you're a role player and on a great team like Jalen Brown, let's I don't let's say over the next three years, maybe he eventually moves into the starting lineup, maybe. Um, but he's a role player. He's not getting a max deal. He, I don't care if they win a championship. If he's a role player, he's not getting that max deal. And so I think early on in guys' careers, yeah, of course you want to win. You're competitive. But you're, you're like, look, I got to establish myself in this league as a player, as a top flight player or a future top flight player. And then, obviously, I want to get that max contract. And then as guys get a little further in their career, that's when the winning kind of comes into play for most, most guys.
5: That's the voice of Chris Broussard, Fox Sports NBA analyst and reporter and host here on Fox Sports Radio on the weekends with my man Mark Willard. Uh, All right, let's get into the game last night. I know that they're fighting with two arms behind their back in the San Antonio Spurs, right? You don't have Tony Parker. You don't have Kawhi Leonard. And you're going against a more talented team. But at at what point do we start to wonder about the future of LaMarcus Aldridge with this team when, again, when they need him most – and he looks timid. He looks intimidated either by the opponent or the moment.
6: Yeah, that that's a great point. And I think what you'll have, you know, and this is not from a source, but I think that in the off season everything with Lamarcus will be on the table. Not that they definitely move him, but that they'll certainly be opening open to listening to offers for him. And may even I would even say again, I don't want to say like we gotta get rid of him, but certainly shopping him, like, what can we get for him? What can we get that will make us a better team has to be in play if this continues. Obviously, they're probably not going to win this series, but he certainly has to play a lot better. And, and the interesting thing is, I thought he did the last couple of games. You know, he I thought he was really starting to play well. Obviously, game six against Houston, he took over, and that was the LaMarcus Aldridge you wanted to see. But going back to last year, the late late in that series with Oklahoma City which they controlled the Spurs at one point he faded he was huge in the first two games and then faded as the series went obviously he didn't have his typical year 17.7 rebounds a game and now in the playoffs when you really need him it's the same thing he's fading i mean last night there's just no excuse you even if your team is going to get blown out which they should You have to deliver, and you have to go out swinging. Like, if you have Draymond Green or Kevin Durant on you, LaMarcus Aldridge should kill them. And I know Draymond's an excellent defender. Durant's good. But with your size, you're more of an inside player. You should be able to exploit them. And then, God forbid, they put Zaza on you, and you really go to work. He did none of that, and that's a big problem with Kawhi out of there,
5: He's got to be huge, and he just hasn't been. Um, can, is there is there a positive takeaway from the Warriors? And I bring it up because you and I had spoken about this, and most basketball people. Chris Broussard joining us. I noticed that, like, look, Kevin Durant was not good on the boards in Game One in the first half. Like, he was now. Look, he carried yeah. them in the fourth quarter, and that was big. But as they try and kind of round into perfect form to get to get ready. Uh, for for the Cavs, like, can we make positive takeaways even though there was just such a a personnel mismatch last night?
6: Well, you mean that they're they're, – I mean, last night they rolled with Durant being pedestrian, you know, only 16 points, only took 10 shots. I think the positive takeaway from what I've seen with the Warriors the last few games is that Steph Curry, and I tweeted this last night, it appears that, I know it's only a few games, but it appears that he's figured out, finally, how to be Steph Curry with Durant on the floor. You know, like the last two games, obviously 40 points, you know, in game one, 29 last night. He's hitting deep threes. He's looking like the Steph Curry we came to know over these last two seasons, even with Durant on the floor. And that's what, if I'm the, the Warriors, That's what I'm most excited about. I know Durant is going to deliver when we need him. You know, his efficiency is off the charts. But if I've got Steph Curry playing like this, then I think we're – I got to love our chances and almost think we're unbeatable. I think they're better when Steph is the focal point. Like when Steph is just able to take these crazy shots and play loose and free – and not worry about getting Kevin or Clay and everybody else involved. They're gonna get there, but he can just play free, and I, that's kind of what I've seen lately. Look, I do think Clay, you know, Clay hasn't. Been, he's had, you know, last night he wasn't huge. I mean, it, it's hard to play off last night, but the first two games of this series, he really hasn't been very good. I think he's averaging about eight points in the series so far, um, but. I think Steph is the positive takeaway.
5: Uh, Last thing, tonight we have the Cavs versus the Celtics. Um, I, I don't think either of us believe that the Celtics can win this series. Can they win a game in this series?
6: They can. I mean, because Cleveland has shown in the past, not obviously in the first two rounds, but a tendency to relax, to get complacent, certainly Boston could get a game. I don't think Boston could just beat them. Like if Cleveland's focused, tuned in, and is like, look, you see what what Golden State's doing. They're going to sweep, or they're going to win in five. We got to sweep these dudes and get as much rest as we can because we're going to need our legs against the Warriors. We don't want to go in there tired when they're going to be rested themselves. So if that's Cleveland's mentality – then they can easily sweep the Celtics. They're just a the far superior team. Um, but, I look, Toronto got two games off of them in last year's conference finals. That's not – you know, this year's Toronto team is probably better, at least more talented than last year's, and obviously Cleveland swept them. So it's really all about Cleveland. Austin can win if Cleveland allows it.
5: Uh, you know, I said that was last one. I lied one more. Is there any way the Lakers cannot draft Lonzo Ball?
6: They gotta take him, and look. The, I think Magic loves him, um, so I think he'll, you know, he'll take him anyway. I think he sees a lot of himself in ball, um, but with the local kid and what he did at UCLA, um, I don't. I'm not gonna say that they're 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 pressured into taking him, or or even. I, I should take that back. That they have to take him. I think they will because he's the best fit for them. But Magic has more clout, and I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but, you know, he's people love Magic more than anyone, even more than Lonzo. And so if Magic were to take someone else, there certainly would be an uproar, but I think he would be able to withstand it more than anyone else could. Yeah, um, just because there's popularity. But I think at the end of the day, they're clearly taking lines.
5: Over. I'm with you. I can't wait to hear your show this weekend on Fox Sports Radio. And, of course, see you on The Herd and on Undisputed and on Speak for Yourself. He's Chris Broussard of Fox Sports covering, among other things, the NBA. Bruce, thanks so much for joining us. All
4: right, Doug. All right, that's my boy CB. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
5: People give away all of their secrets. Like they want you to know everything that they know. Case in point, our president of the United States. Wait to hear what I heard about ISIS. I don't remember where I heard it from, but I gotta share it with you. And then there was leaked sources, and then he tweets out, like, yep, I I shared it. Same thing happened with Giselle. She was on CBS this morning. And uh, I'm sure Tom Brady's really excited that she shared this news.
2: I just have to say, as a wife, I'm a little bit, you know, it's, as you know, it's not the most like, let's say, an aggressive sport, right? Football, like he had a concussion last year. I mean, he has concussions pretty much. I mean, we don't talk about, but he does have concussions. And I don't really think it's a healthy thing for your body to go through, like a, you know, through that kind of aggression, like all the time. And that could not be healthy for you, right? And I'm planning on having him
1: be healthy and do a lot of fun things when we're like 100, I hope.
5: Yeah, uh, we, we don't talk about that. You just did! Uh-oh. You just, you just did! On national TV, like, oh, I was on CBS this morning, who's gonna know? You just did! You're killing me, Smalls, you're killing me. You're just killing me! We don't talk about this. You just, uh, honey, sweetie, love of my life. Giselle, could you come here for a second? Remember the time we said we don't talk about concussions? It's like Fight Club, right? You don't talk about it, right? Remember that time? Like, yes, I, I remember. Re- remember that? Remember that? Um, You, you kind of just said, like, no, 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 no. I said we don't talk about it. Yeah, but you said I had concussion and I have concussions all the time. But you, you just did. You just. There are no more secrets. There are only facts yet to be revealed. People can't keep their mouth. Nobody keeps their mouth shut anymore. And there was no sourcing on this. This is just Giselle saying like, yep, these got concussions all the time. And look, it's not groundbreaking stuff. Football is bad for you. Whoa, wait a second. Playing football in the NFL is going to lead to concussion. Multiple concussions is going to lead to uh, permanent brain injuries. Oops. But when you're the face of the Patriots and one of the faces of the National Football League, when you're on the cover of Madden 2018, you kind of got to go along with the plan here, right? We're not saying that you don't know that football is bad for you. We're not saying that you're not supposed to know you're going to get a concussion. Like, dude, if you're going to reap, you got to at least go along with us now and go like, yeah, you know, Hey, we, everything's good. Nope. Healthy. Feel better than I've ever felt before. Avocado ice cream. Yum. Yum. I can play forever.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
5: Everybody's trying to solve the problem of tanking. The NBA won last night. And tanking tanking is good. Tanking is like greed in Wall Street. It really is good. Because you have to be really bad to get really good. And as much as we don't want to admit that that's the case and it's been the case, it is the case. Mark Cuban said as much earlier today on the Dan Patrick Show. Take Once a we were eliminated from the, the playoffs, we did everything possible to lose games. And so if we did it up front, if we knew okay. that this was a rebuild season and we just did it up front, then, you know, you, you know, kind of know what kind of team you have.
4: How did you tank? How do you, you, you know, play all your young players? Okay, that was it. But there is—is is it uh, you send out a memo, or you just say? No,
3: no, because the guys once a guy walks on the court, they're going to play their heart out. Particularly the young guys because they have something to prove. Yeah,
5: which is kind of what happened with the Lakers is they were trying to be bad at the end of the year, and you know they they trade away Lou Williams they're like here, take Lou Williams, and we'll play guys that you've never heard. David, uh, what was the guy's name? The kid from Cal Poly. Um, uh, in Nabwa and he was, played his played his tail off right they won like five games in a row late in the year like what are they doing like we're trying to be bad what's interesting to me about that sound bite from, from Dan, the Dan Patrick show on Fox Sports Radio earlier today was it sounded a lot like what Mark Cuban told me a month and a half ago in as honest an answer as you can give me was there ever the word hey we got a tank now that we're not going to make it was that would ever discussed oh,
6: absolutely. It- Absolutely, we we were two and eight for a reason, and I was upset we won last night for a reason. You know, we you know we played our young guys. I'd be lying if we said we were putting our best lineups out there to win as many games as possible.
5: Sound familiar? Sometimes it's not what you say or even how you say it. It's where you say it. Like, you know, does it get promoted? I, I have no, and I'm I'm fully at peace with the fact Dan's show, even at this network, bigger than this show at this network. But had he said it on this network, you would have known about it before today. Correct. As long as that answers that question. And I I do. I like Cuban's honesty. I just want to point out that on uh, the jump on ESPN, they're talking about his comments now. Same thing he said to me a month and a half ago. It's crazy, right? It is. Uh, it's quite interesting, quite amazing. But look, I, if if you, if anybody questions, if I, I like this, doesn't it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Like no one was ever blown away by. it. Do you remember the Mavericks' big late season acquisition, that everybody talked about? Yeah. Once you go out and decide Tony Romo is going to go through practice layup lines, and we want to play Tony Romo in a game. If you didn't think the Mavericks were tanking before that, playing a quarterback that couldn't win back his starting job with the Cowboys, that had never played Division I or Division II basketball, that had never played professionally, trying to play him in an NBA game, if that didn't tell you that the Mavericks were tanking, rolling out a banner during the game saying we're tanking wouldn't have convinced you that they're actually tanking.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And now...
5: (laughs) What does the fox say? You get it? Fox Sports Radio, what did the fox say? Good. Okay, earlier today, Skip Bayless, which you can hear undisputed on Sirius XM Channel 83 every morning. Uh, You can can hear them early in the morning, 6.30 to 9.00. 6.30 to 9 Pacific time. That's 9.30 to 12 East Coast time on Sirius XM channel 83. Skip had, and Skip's a Spurs fan, had this to say about the Spurs effort and who's to blame for last night. My man Greg Popovich is once again getting a pass from the media he does not deserve. Greg Popovich gives the best post-game media sessions in all of sports.
3: I heard that all last night. I read that all this morning. And he is allowed to deflect blame onto his team when, in fact, Greg Popovich deserves the majority of the blame for what happened last night. You know, this guy gets more passes. I've said this again and again. But he, he gets more passes than Golden State successfully delivered against my Spurs last night. And he's getting a pass. For a game that was an eyesore for me,
5: uh, look, he 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 is getting a pass. There's no question that he's getting a pass, but he's getting a pass because you can't go to the whip every night. You just can't. Going to the whip is a is a horse racing term, right? You go to the whip when you there. Just you there are nights in which you can't go. There's nothing he could have done last night. He was disappointed with their effort. He was disappointed with how soft LaMarcus Aldridge was. But there's nothing he can do last night that's going to change the fate. So instead, as he said, you have a good meal, you have a glass of wine, you get on the plane, you go home, and you load up for Bear and try and defend your home court and just get one win. You can't get two unless you get one. I disagree with Skip. I think that Manu told you all you need to know about where they were mentally when after game one, he said he hated to lose games like this. He would rather would have been blown out. They had the game up 24. Kawhi gets hurt. They lose. They still had an opportunity to win, and they don't. That was was everything they had, and there was carryover from game one to game two. Game one, as well as the injury to Kawhi Leonard, beat them twice. It wasn't just that they lost in game two. Clay Travis leads off the Mornings on Fox Sports Radio on all of our affiliates, also on Sirius XM Channel 83 as well as the iHeart app. He had this to say about whether or not the NBA draft lottery could be rigged.
3: I do not believe the NBA draft lottery is rigged at all. I think you're insane if you believe that guys who are making millions of dollars a year at the top of the NBA would risk going to prison over whether a ball ends up on the right team. I think that's patently absurd to believe that that's a realistic option. There's no way that Adam Silver and David Stern have been willing to risk prison time because that's what they would do. They would go to prison if it were proven that the NBA draft lottery is rigged. No way that happens.
5: Well, look, this is all because of the Tim Donaghy deal. It's all because of some of the weird circumstances with the Patrick Ewing envelope. Was it chilled? Was there a way in which they selected it? Uh, I tend to agree, though. It's not just that. Remember... Anytime you're a conspiracy theorist and you think that the short-term game, short-term gain of the right player going to the right team makes sense for a professional sports franchise or professional sports league, just remember, all most of their money comes from TV deals. And even though we think the ratings matter, the ratings matter to the TV companies that own the rights, not to uh not to the league. The league is already getting paid regardless. So their their money is already good. It's already in escrow. The only question is is there value on that money and yes it does help leagues you're more you are, you'd be more likely for ESPN or Turner to rig the draft than you would for the NBA to rig the draft themselves. and that's what the Fox said. Ah! What does the fox say?
0: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha
2: Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,